I said at your age, really? All right, I'm 29, but cut me some slack. I still shouldn't be oh, watching for TikTok. Frig's sake, <laughs> really? A young whippersnapper over there. I'll be 30. I'll be 30 in September. Does that help? Oh, cry me an effing <laughs> river. Cry me an effing river. All right, I just lost. I just lost everybody. That was it. <laughs> Nobody believes a word I'm saying right now. I gotta tell. You, I gotta. I'm not, not, Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for Guardians MH Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. With me tonight is Nate and Matt. Hey, hey. If you're just joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community and with being a first step assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. The information presented in this podcast is of the general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. Welcome our guest tonight, T-Monster. T, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, it's been a, been a day. It's been a day, as I was saying earlier. It's been a long day of streaming, but I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks, guys. Oh, we're so glad to uh, finally get you on with us. And, uh, dude, it, it has been a day. It <laughs> has. And you know what? When you first came in, you're like, just letting you guys know, this is this is number four. <laughs> it, it, it blew my socks off, and it's like, oh my gosh, I couldn't. But thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. We we really appreciate it, and big fans of everything you do, your writing, your streaming, just what you do for the communities. Thank you so much. No, it's it it's it's uh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, and uh, you know today today was a today was a good day. It uh, it's it started with uh, a very a very intense gaming session with The Last of Us Part Two. I'm still working through that. No spoilers. Uh, mm. I I, f- I figure the reason why I'm taking so long with that game is because I don't leave an area without making sure I've thoroughly looted it. Because Ooh. I start I, I started this started this session with like two bullets in a dream, and I'm like I'm like man, this is gonna be we're gonna be rough, and so so I try to loot anywhere and everywhere I can. But the entire day we've been we've been um, we being me and my wife we've been working on uh, on we we did an impromptu charity stream for No Kid Hungry. I'm a stream ambassador for them, and and they are great people to work with. They've been very good with streamers. They've got a, a fantastic program for streamers, uh, and they're what they're 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 trying to do what St. Jude has got down to a system, and uh, and and they're they're making the right steps. And so I, I I can't say a bad thing about No Kid Hungry. They're 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 great people to work with. No, they absolutely are. Uh, I noticed uh, actually. I think you announced it. I saw it yesterday. You announced you were streaming for for No Kid uh, Hungry organization and i looked into them a little bit and i have to admit they they're an amazing organization and fully 100 support them and i'm a big softy and <laughs> dude 
anything for anything for kids, man. Really uh, support that any any way we can for you. You know, yeah. thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I I will probably be doing a a bigger a bigger charity stream with with proper with proper promotion probably in October. <clears throat> it, this was just sort of an impromptu thing because my wife and I have been planning for the past week to do a wing off. Uh, we were gonna we were gonna take a a recipe from Danny Trejo's cookbook uh, and the chicken wing recipe from Snoop Dogg's cookbook. And we were gonna put them head to head and see which one was better. And as we're as we're finalizing it. <clears throat> My wife, who who rarely who rarely does this type of stream, usually I'm the only one doing Twitch Dad cooking streams. Um, she said, I, I reached over to her and I said, "Do you think we should make this a charity stream?" And she was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" So we just kind of threw caution to the wind and uh, and with 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 you know ten ten minutes planning, boom, we had a charity stream. And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, any any anything we make, anything we make, it's gravy, it's gravy. So so no big deal." And that's what that's been my that's been my Friday in a nutshell. And I've got uh, I'm doing my podcasting uh, on uh, on Sunday, so that's also going to be a very very big day. And if weather holds out, I'll be doing what's um, I'll be doing something called Fireside Lore on my on my on my uh, on my stream. And that's where I, I basically build a fire a fire in the fire pit, and then I go out with um, uh, I with take the this idea already. Oh oh oh! You didn't know I did this? Yeah. So so. Did anyone the, um, else notice me and Joe's head cock as soon as we heard this? Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so this, was the, this was something I just I just threw the dice and said, let's see, because I was trying to come up with with neat ideas to do the um, the channel points with. And I said, okay, how about this for ten thousand channel points? That will if you redeem ten thousand channel points on my channel, I will I will read one piece of Destiny lore. I'll read it by the fire pit. And, uh, and it'll just be, it'll be you, me, a fire going, and we'll just, we'll just, I'll just tell destiny lore by the fire. And the first time I did it, I had to do it for like about two and a half hours because I had like 20, 20 pieces of lore redeemed. And I said, okay, I'm going to break it up, but (laughs) I'll do 10 pieces of lore a night. And, um, the, the first time I did it, my wife, who's from New Zealand and also has a storytelling theatrical background as well. She said, do you mind if I tell some pieces of lore? And pretty soon people were like, yeah, T, that was very nice that you read some lore. Could you let your wife talk now? And cause you know, she's got the yeah. accent and all that. And, um, and so now that's what, that's one of the things that I do is, as, as, uh, as, as channel points is I do fireside lore and people love it. It's me, a glass of scotch. My wife is there. She might have a drink. And, um, if my daughter is out there with it, if our daughter is out there with us, she'll be making s'mores and it's just, it, it, it's, it's really turned out to be a really fun thing to do. Um, but it's all weather permitting. And, but, but yeah, I think, I think if, uh, if the weather holds out Sunday night, I'm going to do a fireside lore at 9 PM. And I think we're going to concentrate on some of the lore from Sabathun since we've been doing all the, all the different uh, uh, contact missions and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. That really, that's a cool idea. It's been fun. It's been fun. I'm, 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 look, the thing is that this is what I tell people. I'm no bife, but I do know how, I do know how to tell a story by the fire pit. I've got, I've got the theater chops. I can do, I can do that by the fire pit. And, um, and it's been fun. And I actually had some people say, uh, say to me, I love it when you do fireside lore, because especially now with what's been going on with COVID-19 and with, 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 with the pandemic, because they, they feel like it, it, it's, coming around a, a fire 
and just hearing mm-hmm. somebody tell yeah. ghost stories or just something. It's just comforting. And, and that's, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole aim of fireside lore. One, mm-hmm. because nobody's doing it and they should. And two, it's, it's, it's just so that we can, we can all feel like we're coming around a fire and just, and just getting some communal time. I, I've lost count how many hours I've clocked by the fire pit with friends. You know. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's one of the greatest things I love doing. I have a fire pit in my backyard, yep. and that's usually our gathering point is everybody yep. just comes. But I only because I have this debate with my wife and others, how do you build the fire? Do you go TP or do you go box? So <laughs> originally, originally I Kerosene. was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, a ton of lighter fluid in. Let's see what happens. Oh, that's a fire. I mean, um, <laughs> I I originally was a box guy until okay. until my uh, my buddy from the military, a good friend of mine from the military, did the whole TP thing, mm. and I'm like seriously. And then I saw it and I, and I saw it work, and I'm like, oh, okay. So from that point on, I've always gone TP, and um, and it's it. It it just it works for me. Uh, I just know that, but but I know that if 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 the if it's going to happen, I'm going to also have to the, I'm going to have to do some fire pit maintenance because I've had quite a few fire lores, fireside lores, mm-hmm. and I got a lot of ash in the fire pit. And I'm like, yeah, I got that's that's got to go. That's got to go. Yeah, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's it is. Worth, it's worth it. It's worth fire it. Fire pits are just so much fun. Unreal. I'm a, I'm a I'm a box guy. I can't do TP. Me and my wife have fights about this every time <laughs> we do it. And I will say this though. I'm a, I am a, uh, I am a, a, a starter log guy too. Okay. No, um, I, I have the, I have like the little like kindling things that you can I, just put around. Yeah. See those don't, those haven't worked for me in the past, but I've got okay. these new ones that are like little fire starter cubes. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. 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 They're, yeah. They're, they're like the fine, they're, they're, they're like the, the bridge between the, the kindling and the, and the, and the starter log. Um, Welcome to Fire Pit Podcast, ladies and there gentlemen. There you go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Might be onto something. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> my uh, my fire pit's too shallow. I can never do a teepee, so I always have to do box. But I found one small little hack on accident. I was having a bear of a time getting my 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 fire to light, so I took the uh, citronella tiki, tiki torch fluid and soaked one of the logs. Lit that lit that puppy up. Not only did it burn, it burned clean, and it kept all the mosquitoes away. There you go. Beautiful thing. That, that's that. That's the ultimate MacGyver right there. That's what right. a life hack that is right there. You want <laughs> another life Take hack? Take notes, everybody. Can I write that? Let me write that down real quick. <laughs> because things, I got a horrible uh, mosquito problem in my backyard. Actually, I, I saw some gadget I'm going to send you later that has to do with mosquitoes. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh, no, I lost my train of thought for a second. Uh, of course we did. This is Guardians <laughs> MH podcast. Speaking of fires <laughs> and like little light, little fire hacks and this and that. Uh, one thing that I learned for hunting and I carry in my pack all the time is a chunk of steel wool. Mm-hmm. Like thin fiber. I know where steel you're going. Wool. Have you ever oh, tried to light that on fire? Yep. It yep. Lights right up. Yep. And in an emergency, Steel wool will make a fire for you, and it's best. A great so, thing some of some of the best some of the best hacks for hunting, camping, or any kind of fire starting things. Bear grills, my boy Bear. Oh. He, <laughs> he, 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 he was like, "This is how you light a fire," and I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> record." Yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Go on. <laughs> Teach me, Mister Grills. Teach me your way. Now we're going to drink one another's pee. Let's go. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. And stop recording. <laughs> you know what? This is uh, this is going to be a terrible reference, but after you said that, have you ever seen the movie uh, This Is the End? The Seth Rogen yeah. movie? Yeah. He's oh, like, yes. I drank my old pee this morning. It wasn't bad. And he's got a martini glass. It's the God, other I'm one. I'm going to edit that. No. This, oh, then never mind. I won't do mine. Because <laughs> there's the Dodgeball one, too, if anybody's seen Dodgeball. I have. I I, I haven't seen it's it all the way through. Sterile, I and I like yes. the taste. <laughs> oh dear God! Drink. Oh. Where did we this, go? How, how <laughs> we did this happen? Just that's where we went. Okay, no. Uh, let's get back on track. Oh, oh, track to this, well, you know. T, it's it's great having you, and it's already been a lot of fun so far. But. uh <laughs> For the people that are listening right now that might not know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Sure thing. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a communications professional, and that's that's the way that that that's my day job. Uh, I I I do communications plans for people. I do everything from social media to uh, to social media strategy to communication strategy. You name it, I do it. And uh, I'm also an audio video professional as well. Along with that, I'm a writer. I'm a writer of science fiction and fantasy, both by myself and with my wife Pip Ballantyne, who you've if you're if you're ever tuning into my uh, streams, mm-hmm. she sometimes streams with me, and and that's when shenanigans occur. Like right now, um, <clears throat> on Friday nights, uh, instead of her coming into my office and and heckling me while I play video games, I hand her the controller and we stream this thing called Philippus Freaky Friday, where she takes the controller and I get to heckle her. And sometimes it's gotten tense. Sometimes it's, it's been ridiculously fun. Most of the time it's been ridiculously fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but along with, uh, along with um, the science fiction that my wife and I are known for, which is a steampunk series called the, called the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences, uh, I'm also known for writing dummies books. Uh, and also, I, I've also written books on social media. In fact, my wife and I this past week, we released Social Media for Writers, the second edition. And uh, this is a co- this is a comprehensive look at social media for writers, but really, it's it could be for anyone with a creative endeavor, uh, whether you are a graphic designer, whether you are an artist. Um, <clears throat> this is a strategy for as many platforms as we could think of. And in, and in second edition, we had a chapter on streaming, and we had a chapter that I think was really important. We had a chapter on crisis management. Because when writers hiccup on social media, they usually go big. And, and what we wanted to do is we wanted to offer something a little more in-depth than we did in the first edition. Uh, and then there are the Dummies books. I've written uh, with Chuck Tomasi, Podcasting for Dummies. And on my own, I have written Discord for Dummies, which came out earlier this year. And I saved it for last because I wanted to say officially on the podcast, yes, the book is real. Twitch for dummies. I am the guy that wrote Twitch for dummies. I did not write Destiny for dummies. Do not ask me for Destiny <laughs> advice. I am I am not that guy. But when it comes to streaming, yes, I can I can I can help you with that. Uh, so so those are and and the way I look at podcasting for dummies, which is about to release its fourth edition in October. Oh, nice, congratulations. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, pr- pretty stoked about that. Uh, as a matter of fact, again in podcasting for dummies we finally said we need to do an entire chapter on streaming mm-hmm. and that's the big addition. Um, we really dug deep for that one because 
we now realize that that podcasting has evolved and now streaming is a part of that. It's a major part of that. So, um, <clears throat> so that's coming in October, but with podcasting for dummies, discord for dummies and Twitch for dummies that I, I tell people that's the trifecta. If you want to get into content creation, those three books will help you out. They're not, they are not going to make you Dr. Lupo overnight, but <laughs> they will give you what you need to do this. And, uh, and I'm, I, I at one time, I was I was very hesitant to even talk about my uh, about podcasting for dummies. But after after they signed me on to do Discord, I'm like I'm like I really like working for these people, and and they're they're just good people to work with, very good people to work with. And that's so that's what I do. If I'm not if if I'm not streaming, I'm writing, and if I'm streaming, I'm not writing. So I've got to make sure that I, I balance the time between the two. That's kind of funny that you brought that up there, like. When I think about it, of the 55 podcasts that I listen to on a weekly basis, five don't have streaming component. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I should also mention, too, that I also, not only have I written podcasting for times, I podcast. I podcast with my wife. We, we do a writer's podcast called The Shared Desk. And then I get together with, um, as Joe knows, I get together with Nick Kelly Nick. and Brandon Kelly. Uh, Destiny podcast called Happy Hour from the Tower. And mm. as I like to tell people in a nutshell, it's three knuckleheads who love this game and we get together and we celebrate we celebrate our love of, of, of the game of Destiny. Joe knows very well because he's been on the show before. Um, he, got nice. to meet, he got to meet Saint 14 up close and personal, especially when we talked about the nuclear vessels in Alameda. <laughs> God, I was hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> Because that was like literally in the back of my mind. I, call, I was thinking yes, about jo- it. Comrade Joe, that is what we call him on show. We call him on show. And, and I want to say to Comrade Joe, I wish <laughs> I could have seen Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think it was uh, two years ago for PAX East. Uh, Nick sent me a bunch of flyers, uh, like uh postcard flyers for happy hour at the tower he sent me something in the mail and he goes hey you're going i sent you a bunch of extra if you want to hand them out dude i handed them out to everybody i handed them everywhere out there it was just so much fun and i I love happy hour at the tower and you and nick and brandon everybody's just so great it's such a wonderful time we just have that's that's what we 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 shoot for we shoot for just having having fun on the podcast now I do want to ask, uh, I want to go back to your writing. Uh, I am a huge fan of steampunk, like not like mega, but I am a big fan of the steampunk genre of video games like Bioshock. That, that oh, was yeah. my first introduction into steampunk was Same. with Bioshock. And after that, I kind of started rabbit holing a little bit, but you also cosplay in steampunk too. I've seen pictures of you a little bit in steampunk, but what, uh, what interested you? Was that one of your first uh, writing ventures? Was in steampunk? Uh, actually, no, no. The, the first, my first writing venture. I mean, I've been I've been writing science fiction since I was a kid. Uh, I mean, I was. Uh, I like to tell people I was an early adopter um, because I when I when I saw Star Wars for the first time in the theaters. Yeah, I'm old. Uh, I, I mean, I, I remember when star Wars wasn't episode four, it was just star Wars. And, and, you know, when, when I saw that, that had a profound effect on me. Uh, but, uh, when, when it, when it comes to, when it comes to the writing aspect of it, 
I think I really, I, I, and, and it was, it was steampunk before steampunk was even a thing, but around the same time as star Wars, another not about a year and, and it completely changed the way I looked at science fiction. And I thought, Oh, you can do this with science fiction. And it was a movie called time after time. And if you don't know this movie, look it up. Uh, it was the very first movie ever done by Nicholas Meyer. Nicholas Meyer is the guy who directed Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. But this was his first film. And in it, H.G. Wells finds out that his best friend is Jack the Ripper. And H.G. Wells, in this movie, actually builds a time machine. And Jack the Ripper uses it to go into the future uh, of 1978. This. And so H.G. Wells chases Jack the Ripper in modern day, at that time, modern day, San Francisco. And it blew my mind as a kid. I saw this movie in the theater and I was just like, wow. And then I, I started writing my own stories and I started, I started dabbling in science fiction and, and, and that was what got me going. But time after time had a profound effect and I always wanted to write something like that. And uh, while I've written epic fantasy and I've written, uh, I've written comedic mystery and I've, I've, I've done, I've done different things. Steampunk is, is where I feel the happiest uh, because you can do what you can do with, with like in the films, like time after time in games like Bioshock um, and nothing. And, I, and, and since we're talking about video games and steampunk, I feel like, I feel like steampunk is still struggling to find a place in gaming with the exception of Bioshock. Um, there have been so many near hits but they've always been near misses. Uh, in particular, uh, the Order 1886. That could have been a fantastic experience, but man, did they f it up both in the writing and in the game mechanics. Um, to, to quote Nick Kelly from from Happy Hour, he said, "I was getting so frustrated with the game mechanics, I wanted to throw my controller at the screen, and I wasn't even playing. I was watching you on stream, and I was like." What? <laughs> Um, I went across the room, picked up my remote. My console wasn't even on. And I threw it across the room. I was he so was upset. ready to do that. He told me I he love, was ready I love to do Nick. that. I yeah, really Nick is great. Nick's a riot. Nick's now, a riot. Would Would you say uh, Dishonored is a steampunk game? Yes. I mean, it's got those elements. I've seen mm-hmm. it. I've seen. I've seen it only in only in um, in screen caps. And yes, I would say Dishonored has that. Uh, Monster Hunter World plays around with that only from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but but Bioshock just knocked it out of the park. And, um, and I, I, I loved every time that, 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 that would come play. I'm just like, I, I absolutely adored that. And then there's even a little bit of aesthetic, uh, steampunk. You, you, you see it in borderlands. So, so there's, there, yeah. there, there are a lot of different properties that, that play around with it, but we still haven't had that, that, that breakout, that breakout property apart from Bioshock. And I'd really like to see. I, I've, I've I've been hearing the whispers about they they may be coming out with a new Bioshock, and I'm yeah. just like, bring it, baby, bring Ooh. it. Oh, yeah. um, but I would I would love to see um, I would love to see something something like that. I would love to see a a, a fresh the order eighteen to go back to it. The order eighteen eighty six had such potential. It had such potential, and it just. It, it suddenly became let's throw this at the wall and see if it sticks. And I, yeah. and, and, and ha- had, had they had, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased about this because I write steampunk professionally, but had they had better writers on staff, I think at one point somebody would have said, this is too much. 
we need to scale it back. We, we need, we need to focus on what we're doing in this storyline. And, and that's, that's been my, my, my cardinal rule as a writer. If I, if I would never write something just for the sake of it being cool. I'm going to write something because it has something important to do with the story at, that we're telling. And if it, if, if it doesn't have a place in the story, it's out. And, and, uh, you can ask my wife. Sometimes I've been brutal as, as as our editor when it before we submit to the to the publisher. But but you have to do that. <clears throat> kind of on that line, like what is your own personal like writing process? How do you? I don't know. I don't know if that's a stupid question to ask. No, or not, but like no, how no, is it's not. <laughs> how in do you fact, get in that mindset? I guess. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I, this is what I this is what I tell folks, Matt. When when they ask me a question, that, to me, there's no such thing as a stupid question. To me, it's 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 dumber if you don't ask it. You haven't they, hung out with me long enough, but that's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> I used to professional. I used to I used to also teach uh, professionally to um, to corporations and, and places like that about okay. uh, you know how how to work in design, how how to work Photoshop. So I, I and I told this I told my students the same thing. If you don't ask me a question and you have an opportunity then then that's a lost opportunity so i would rather whatever and 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 the other thing is that most people who think that that's a stupid question chances are authors actors whatever they're dying for somebody to ask them mm-hmm. and in my case yes um the way it works is there there are two there are two philosophies there are plotters and there are pantsers plotters are the ones who have the notebooks that have detailed out like what the character had for breakfast, what the character wears, what the character, you know, that, that type of, and I've seen people with their, with their story Bibles and they are this thicker than the actual book they're writing. Mm. Then you got pantsers. That's me, me. And this where I go, okay, I got an idea, got a kernel of an idea. Okay. Chapter one. And I just start writing. And, and while I have a vague idea of where I want to go, I, I, I'm like, okay, let me go in in this direction. Let me try this direction. And it sometimes takes a little longer to get to the end. But by the time I get to the end, I've got a lot of material to work with. And um, there are some people that, that, that claim that plotting is the way to go. Some people claim that pantsing is the way to go. And there's, there's pros and cons to both. Mm. But I, I always tell myself at the end, I just, I know where I want to get to. And the, the, the idea is to just to make sure that you stay in control of the story, not the story controlling you. A uh, good example is what we all saw happening during Game of Thrones. Um, mm. I really believe, and I'm going to go on record for saying this, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get that final, vo- that final novel because I think George let the story get away from him. That is one. I think so. I th- oh, I know so. I know so, especially with the way with the way uh, uh, Weiss and Benioff finished finished the series. I'm like, really, guys? That's based on the notes. Are you kidding me? Um, I, I just, I real, I really think he let the story get away from him. Uh, I think they paid him a lot of like sweaty money, and he gave him what he had, and he <sighs> saw how people reacted to it. And was like, that's that's not how the book ends. Don't don't hate it yet. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, at this point, at this and point, the 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 thing is, he's got no motivation to finish it because, in all fairness, we already got an ending. Yeah, and yeah. and and anything that happens after this, it's fanfic. 
I mean, I, I hate to be blunt, but I'm like, I'm like, dude, you needed to put the pedal to the metal because even JK Rowling said, Oh crap, they've caught up to me in the movies. I'd better finish this now. And she hunkered down and finished those books. And, um, and you know, you just gotta be the, 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 and that's hard. It's really hard. I mean, when, when, when Pip and I were working on the ministry of peculiar occurrences, it's a six book series. Um, at least for for the character arcs of uh, of books and brawn and and in that six in, in that in, the, in that six part series, we had to make sure that all the eyes were dotted and t's were crossed, especially at the end. Um, mm-hmm. We could have ended it at book four, but we know we had two more books in this, and we said, okay, well, where are we taking it in this direction? How is this going to play into the final and <clears throat> and we we were talking about the last book while we were working on the fourth book. And that's one way of staying in control. Now we're still we're still pantsing away, but mm. just because you pants, it does it just just because you're 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 just writing as you go. It does not necessarily mean that you are not working without a plan. You have some mm. kind of plan that's going to get you from point A to point B, from beginning to end. And that is that is um and and that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about what George created. It's epic, but um but it's, it's hard to keep all of that together. So I, yeah, I, my heart goes out because I'm like, I'm like, you, you created this incredible world, but you, you, you really need to, you really need to stay on, stay on top of it. He could still finish it. I know he's leading he everybody on. He could, you know, he's had a lot of time period. But when you mentioned it, it's fan fiction now, uh, it made me think of walking dead, that series, how yeah. it went the opposite where right. you started with the comics and then, you know, actually it kind of, actually it kind of was the same thing where it started with the comics and then they tried to be its own thing and then went back to the co- the source right. and then surpassed the comics. Don't end. This, <laughs> this is a bad topic to go down. Okay. Because well, no. okay well then, then, will... how about, then how about this? How about this? I'll, 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 I'll see you're walking dead okay. and I'll raise you with Watchmen. You know, we have the canon of Watchmen, and then you have uh, you've got you've got the Zack Snyder film, which mm-hmm. which was very loyal to an extent, it was very loyal to the um, uh, to the original source material. But then when you look at that Watchmen HBO series, sweet crap on a cracker, in my opinion, that's canon <laughs> because it was so tightly written. And it was so, it was even more true when when I I, I still remember when they did the um, uh, the creature that 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 basically destroyed Manhattan mm-hmm. the second creature that destroyed Manhattan I turned to Pip and I'm like my God they did it they did it because I didn't think they would they, they actually went there and I was so impressed with with Watchmen as a series um, I think it I think it makes it makes a better series. Than it did a uh, um, a uh, um, a movie feature film, yeah. And you're seeing and, that a lot more these days. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. There's some great series, like things that, that originally were conceived as a you know full feature film are going. You know what? There's too much here. We need to do a series, right? And the series are becoming more popularized than the actual films. And right. it's because it allows them that time to not force it 
you know, right. and just jump over everything because that's one of the biggest complaints that I see in cinema is when you have a written source that they're going from, which is eighty-five percent of all cinema is, you know, started. You know, it seems to have started from a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has. Quick side tangent: Last, uh, Last of Us. No, not Last right. of Us. Um, I am Legend. Okay, yeah. that okay. was based off a book back mm-hmm. in the '70s that oh, took yeah. place in California. Mm-hmm. not in New York city. Right. And they took certain aspects of it and put it into that and then made their own thing. But that's one of the points I'm trying to make is when people watch the movie, especially Harry Potter, I don't know how many times I freaking heard that or twilight that didn't happen in the book that way. They didn't do that, but they're trying to get it out there. It's like, we need I to know. condense this. That there, way we can a, get it out. The, probably the best, the best quote about that. And again, you know, this is where I, I kind of divert from from uh, some of my fellow writers. A lot of people say there's there, well, there's a style that you you write for the for the film, and there's a way that you write for for for, for book. And I just go, look, writing is writing is writing. You mm-hmm. can read a bad book. If you go to a if you go to a movie and it's a, it's an unpleasant experience, nine times out of ten, it can be looked. It can you can point right at the at the at the source at the script yeah. and go, this 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 was a turd burger from the beginning. Yep. But when you but but I remember the words of Peter Jackson. He wanted to be so accurate with the with the original trilogy, with the original Lord of the Rings. Oh, and, yeah. went, and, and and about halfway through Two Towers, he said, "I have to relax, stop, stop, and just concentrate on making a good movie." And that's where you have to decide what stays and what goes. Yeah, when you're doing a series, you have a little more leeway, but the rules still stay the same. You have to, right. you have to, you have to write for the medium and, and some things are going to get in. Some things aren't. I think from like, uh, for, from a consumer standpoint, like myself, um, I'm a walking dead fanboy. Right. I, I love the comics. I think are amazing. I absolutely adore Kirkman. Um, everything he's done, even walking dead, oblivion song, outcast, love all of it. I cannot watch the Walking Dead TV show. Right. I can't. I stopped. Well, I, stopped. I, I, I never even started because I tried. My wife loved it, and I tried. But it's bad when I'm reading the comic book and the scene where Negan obliterates Glenn. In the comic, I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like into it. If I'm sitting on the couch and I'm laughing when it happens... <laughs> I, I'm just like, nah, you killed this. Even though they they took it, I I, I just I couldn't. Right. That that but, had so much hype behind it. That brought so many new viewers in because it was it such did. a dramatic scene coming up. And I think uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played a fantastic Negan. I think he did great. It's just me as 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 the fanboy. I had. I think too too high of an expectation because me personally, I am basing it off the comic book, and same. nothing nothing is going to beat the comic book. It's the same thing with Harry Potter, and I think I said it on the podcast with uh, Doctor Scarlet and uh, Mrs. Doctor Lupo. I, I we I I didn't like the movies because the books were so fantastic, and I and I was just the opposite. 
I, I okay. consider myself a huge Harry Potter fan. There were only two films that I really took issue with. The third film was a train wreck. Third film Whoa. was an absolute train wreck. Uh-oh. And it was and that was, one, and that was one <laughs> that was one and to me that was one of the best books in this that was one of the best books in the series, which was um mm-hmm. this the Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban, absolutely. Fonz Corazon was was directing that. Come on. It was I mean uh, it's 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 Rian Johnson. It's Rian Johnson directing directing a Star Wars film. He had no Alf, Alphonse Cuarón had no business doing a, a Harry Potter film. Period. The other one that I took that that I the other one that I actually felt was better than the book <laughs> was the sixth Harry Potter film, which was the uh, the not, um, the first Deadly Hollow. No, Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince. Ooh, I nice. hated the Half Blood Prince as a book. When I saw the film, I'm like, "Wow, this actually makes sense," and it and and I get and really, as good as the cast is, as good as Daniel Radcliffe is as Harry Potter, props to Tom Felton. He mm. actually made Draco Malfoy a three dimensional character, and I, I, I applaud him for that. I'm not um, sure. I, I'm not sure I can continue the podcast. I think, <laughs> I, I, think I gotta go. Man, it was great having you tonight. Yeah, because. Uh, um, yeah. Because uh, this is PG. I can't curse. All right, let me go. Oh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slacker. Oh. All right. <laughs> no, but, um, I'm completely joking. But but no, but yeah. but but again, but you know, I mean, and that's the, uh, and, and and to kind of kind of kind of flip the script, put myself in your in your position, Matt. I'm a raging fan. I'm not the biggest fan of Alan Moore. I think Alan Moore needs to stay on his meds and 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 really focus. That being said. I I I loved V for Vendetta. I okay. loved V for Vendetta, which is why I set out the film, because I knew for a fact there was no way the Wachowski the, the Wachowskis were going to be able to pull off mm. V for Vendetta as a feature film. And then recently it came on and I said, "I'm going to strap in and watch this." And maybe it was because of current events, I don't know, but the film resonated with me. And that's when I realized this is an adaptation and it mm. clicked. And I said, this was the best adaptation that they could do. And yeah, they strayed far away from the comic. But when you've got Hugo weaving in his V, when they did, and, and Natalie Portman finally allowed to act, I just was like, this is really good. And I think, I think, um, I do think that, um, V for Vendetta is one of those films that it's going to age. It's going to age gracefully. It's going to, it's going to be like a fine scotch. It's going to age better with time. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and that's where I, uh, that, that is where I, as a, as a writer and, and I, as a, and I, as a fan try really hard to, to, to navigate those stormy seas because, you know, fan comes from the term fanatic and, and it's, mm. um, and I think I, I think that when when um, when I see adaptations of other works, I have to remember this is someone else's adaptation. I'm a fan. If the writer is okay with it, then all right. You know what? I then that at least it got made, and and if it worked for you, great. It may not have worked for me, but I'm going to let that go, uh, and I'll, I'll stay with I'll stay with the graphic novel, or I'll stay with the novel, or I'll stay I'll stay with 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 whatever. Um, it's when fans come to me and they tell me, so you had this scene occur and, you know, I totally disagree with you. I, I just look at them and go, great, write your own damn novel. 
Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, you, I'm, you do this. Yeah, exactly. What were you thinking? Well, I'm the creator of the world. So this is this this my my house, my rules. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, there's the door. Thank you. Get out. Just, um, just read the next book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, fourteen ninety nine on Amazon. Just <laughs> World War Z. Absolute debacle when it comes to book to movie adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. Right. It was a train wreck because <laughs> the audiobook being interview based was, was amazing. It? Yep. And then you yeah. have Ready Player One. And Ready Player One, if you never read the book and you just saw the movie, it was amazing. Okay. No. Nate? No. Never read the book. Brace yourself, Nate. Okay. Oh, God. I hated Ready Player One as a book. Oh, my God. I was spite reading it by the end. I was just like, I'm going to finish this novel because I am too invested in it now. And when I ended, I, w- I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, I was, I was mad. What of the audiobook version of it. And I felt like the book, uh, the, the movie actually solved a lot of the problem, not all, but a lot of the problems that the book had. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There was, there was quite a bit but going on <laughs> that was definitely fixed in it, but I, I, it's, it's a, the, the book is a point of contention between me and Nick. Nick adores Ready Player One, and I found it to be the most pretentious that I've ever read. And I'm just like, if I ever meet this author, I'm going. I was that upset about. All it. right, tell tell me how you really feel now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right before <laughs> now, I cut this edit. Uh, yeah. Now, if now I'll get, I will give you a book. Absolutely in love with, and it 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 wasn't as meta as Ready Player One. But it played around with that that sort of that sort of meta um, that meta formula. It's a book called Red Shirts by John Scalzi, mm. and um, and I have never laughed so hard when I read a book. And basically, what it is, it's a it is a um, it's a it's the it's a crew of a of a typical starship, a crew of a starship. Oh, okay. And they realize halfway through the book, guys, we're in a TV show. And, I saw where this was going, <laughs> and it's, and you you think okay this is a this is a this is a trope, but the way they play it, they they go they they go okay so how do we get back in time to tell the the writers of the TV show hey you're killing us all off you got to stop, and they go well we're gonna slingshot around the sun and go back in time and the characters look at each other they go that's the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard. You know, that's not the way physics works. And they're like, yeah, but it's what they do in the TV show. So we're going to do it. And of course they do it and it works perfectly. And they're just like, it's like galaxy quest. <laughs> yes, it is. It is galaxy quest. It is galaxy quest ramped up to 11. And, um, and so if you, if you dig galaxy quest, I highly recommend you read red shirts by John Scalzi. It is a blast to read. And there is, two books that I want to jump on this bandwagon real quick before we move on. <laughs> there are two books that I refer people to as much as possible. And one of my favorite books of all time, and it's going to sound kind of lame, but the Martian is, I love the narrative and everything book. right at the beginning. He's like, um, screwed, I'm you know, so and, effed. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm into this. And I love his just commentary through the entire thing. Yeah. So, I'm gonna take a book. I'm gonna take a, a page out of Joe's book. We could sit here and talk about this all night. Good. Uh, yeah, we could. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is I know um, T. When we reached out, 
just to get an idea of maybe what tonight's uh, mental health topic could be, what we could talk about. Um, I know, especially given everything, given the world right now, um, just your own, our own mental health during COVID-19, during isolation, during um, all of the, all of this kind of came up. Um, and I think the one thing that I would like to tie in um, is to also how to find a therapist if needed during this uh, whole crisis, because unfortunately that world has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing to look at though is our mental health during isolation. A lot of us have, or, and still are sort of quarantine or on some version of a lockdown, uh, whether you're in New York and you're on stage four or stage three mm-hmm. or um, whatever it might be, our lives are not normal, unfortunately. And with that comes a lot of stress, comes a lot of anxiety. And I think the big one that I see a lot of people experiencing is actually depression. Uh, Dr. Goku says it best. We are social creatures. We need to be Mm. around others. We desire companionship and desire to, you know, be able to hang out (laughs) with one another. Yeah. You know, it's it's just something that I don't know. I enjoy, but unfortunately, when that's taken away, you get some significant symptoms of depression. Just isolation in and of itself is a huge symptom of depression. When we don't go outside, when we kind of just stay sort of locked in, um, not wanting to face the world, that feeling of um, just kind of hopelessness. I know myself. Even currently, I catch myself kind of just constantly looking at the news and feeling hopeless. Like this is not going to change. This is not going to get better. And um, what's somewhat comforting, but also scary is to know I'm not alone in, in the, in the way that I, a lot of people feel that way. And, and I would agree. I am, um, yeah. I, I've, I've been trying to, I've been trying to, to, to think about how I wanted to frame this, this conversation and, and I think the best way to frame it would be to uh, almost to say to the audience uh, as an, as a, as a source of assurance that if you're feeling this, it is, it is a hundred percent normal. And, and the, the other thing to remember is, is that your, your perspective, your, uh, if you are, if you are feeling like you're struggling with any level of depression, high or low, this is, this is normal. And, and you're, 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 you're most assuredly not alone. And, and, and it is unique to you. I mean, I'm going to go on ahead and just give my own example. Um, sure. A year, uh, about a, more like, more like a, a year ago, June, mm-hmm. a year ago, June, I was um, without a doubt, I was working what I thought was the world's greatest job. And, and I, I loved what I did. I was the chief of communications for a White House initiative started during the Obama administration. And I want to make sure that's clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, um, uh, it was one of the few initiatives that was not being uh, shut down by the current administration because of, what it, what, because of its mission and what it was doing. And I loved this job. And I found out at, uh, at, at truly the 11th hour that the contract was coming to an end for me, but no one had told me 
I was under the, I was, I had been led on to believe that I was going to be continuing on with the, with the project. Mm. And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah. You're turning in your card on this date. And I just, it completely blindsided me. So I was transferred from that project to another project. And within the first week I knew I was in for a rough ride. So I went from having um, a, a position where my, where my, my words, my, my, my words, my opinion, my, my design, like, was like, this is on point T. And um, I went from that to a position where I was undermined. I was ignored. I, my voice did not count for, for, for two cents. And I was, I was basically, I was, I, I was basically neutered. Um, I went from creating strategy to, to just being told, do, do your job and you're done. Um, so I started job hunting and, um, and it was, it, it was just, it, it, I, I kept hitting brick wall, kept hitting a brick wall, kept hitting a brick wall. And, um, and so I was, I was basically going through, through a, a really, I mean, it, the, the way my wife described it, when I would come home from the previous job, I, I, I was energized. I had energy. I had, I had creativity. I had, I had, I had a lot going for me, but she said, when I got to the new job, I just looked like I had been ground down to the last point. I just, I, I just looked physically drained. And I was trying, and I was trying to find an out, and I just kept getting rejection on rejection on rejection. And I was being told, I was being told, uh, we went with, uh, I'll be told, I'll be told, we went with someone with better qualifications. Now, keep in mind, I'm I'm applying for positions in social media, and the guy that wrote podcasting for dummies, Twitch for dummies, and Discord for dummies was being told, we went with someone with better qualifications, <laughs> and then mm. I got laid off. Then COVID hit. I got, I, as I like to tell people, I got laid off before Oof. it was cool. And, right, um, right. and, and then I, and so then I got, I got laid off and, <clears throat> and I'm going, so I'm going through all, I'm, so I'm going through that as well. And, um, and you, you, you suddenly begin to realize that there's a point where you feel like you are, you are constantly, you are constantly getting told you are not good enough. And it's not even the, the voice in your head. It's it's all the voices outside of you as well. You heard it. You heard it from a lot of. Unfortunately, you heard it from a lot of different people. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then and then to add to that, to add to that, in one week, because when someone people, well, you know, you always and someone once said to me, T, well, you always have streaming because you know you're, you you love doing the streaming. And I'm like, yeah, but even that had sort of a double edged sword to it. Mm-hmm. In one week. I got rated by Markiplier from, from YouTube. And then I got rated by gigs in one week. And at one point, my, I, I, I had numbers I had never, I would never have dreamed about. Especially somebody and, like Markiplier. Yeah. Love him. And, <laughs> and, and it was, don't, get, don't get me wrong. It was a great experience. Of course. But then you watch those numbers and I had, I had to mentally tell myself, these numbers are not going to stay this way. Mm. If I if I'm lucky, I will retain half of these numbers. If I'm really lucky, the numbers will will stay consistent. But if I'm really lucky, I'll be I'll be above this particular line. And I watch the numbers go down. 
go down. And then they dipped underneath that line. And I'm like, okay, I'm back at square one. And, and it was a roller coaster ride. It's a, a 20, it a 2019. That was when the roller coaster started for me. Yeah. And then, and then comes 2020. And, um, and, and it, it, uh, it, it reached a point where I was, um, I was, I was really trying to hold it together, but then I, but I had to have a, but I, but I also tried very hard and, and, you know, Joe and Nate both know this because there was this one guy that, that, that was in guardians MH uh, in our discord who was really taking me to task one day when I was trying to help him out. And, and I remember Nate mm-hmm. reached out to me at one point and said, are you okay? Cause I know that that, that individual can burn through a lot of people and I said, I said, I'm fine. Because the way I looked at it is, yes, the way, the, is that everybody has a perspective on their depression. It doesn't negate it. It doesn't negate what I feel. It doesn't negate what they feel. Everybody has a perspective. It's, it's, it, is, uh, it is something that, that you have to recognize. Just because someone's depression is, is more intense than mine doesn't negate mine doesn't doesn't negate theirs you just have to understand it's coming from two different perspectives and the fact that you are you are um you are recognizing that you're struggling with it it's actually stronger than you realize no absolutely uh depression is depression is like snowflakes not one is identical Mm -hmm. right we're all have our own issues we have our own versions of depression depression is not always sad depression is angry Depression is frustrated. Depression is anger. And sometimes it's it's all of the above. And yeah, sometimes it's everything in one day. And it's, you're right. Recognizing it is absolutely the first step. It's the first part, right? And in regards to everything with COVID, and I think similar to what you were saying, T, you, all of this stuff happened. But in 2019, you were on the you were on the greatest roller coaster for months. Just every fun loop to loop you can think of. Oh and hell then yeah. all of, And then all of a sudden, you you stop. The ride stops, and you have to get off. I, this is going to be the weirdest analogy ever, but just bear with me. <laughs> if anybody has ever watched the show Entourage, there is a scene. I know. I'm sorry. No, it was my, it it was like my, my, my wannabe frat boy days. Anyway, um, (laughs) it, um, there's a scene where they go on this roller coaster and I I forget his name, but like the, the main, the main actor actually says when we had to, we had to do that take over and over again to get the right take. And once he got off the roller coaster, once he actually started to cry. Because you're getting all of these endorphins as you're going yeah. through this roller coaster and you feel great. But then all of a sudden, when everything stops, your body's not getting that anymore. So you cry. You feel depressed. You feel sad. You know, and that's, and that's why I said it before, like the roller coaster analogy. See, with, for, for me, the roller coaster analogy was more, it wasn't even that the roller coaster came to an end. The roller coaster got stuck yeah. in the yeah. middle and you couldn't move either yeah. way. And I love roller coasters. Don't get me wrong. I love I love me a good roller coaster. Me too. And and um, and you're right. You know there is that there is that thrill. But but there's also that 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 mindset to me 
um, it, 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 come, it actually came from, and I, and I actually got, I felt like I got affirmation from it when I was writing Twitch for Dummies. I got a chance to interview Dr. Lupo for the book. One, Dr. Lupo could not have been a, a nicer gentleman. Uh, he, was, he was just one of, the, one of the best people I've ever met in, in, uh, in this community. And I remember he said something to me that really stuck with me because I had not heard any other streamer that I, you know, when I talked to, what, you know, when I asked, I asked a whole bunch of streamers, you know, I asked Snaps, I asked Lulu, I asked ZG Photo, all these different people, what is the, um, what is the one bit of advice you would give new streamers? And they would always give me, they, they always gave me some really positive affirmation. Lupo mm-hmm. gave me something that I'm surprised nobody else came up with. And when it came from him, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. He basically said, don't take, don't take what's happening so seriously. And he said, I got really lucky and I know this could end any day. And I see so many streamers struggle with that because they, because they, and, and, and that's when I, and, and, and I think that's the difference between someone at Lupo's level versus some of these other streamers, because they, they're, they're, they're ramming their heads into the wall and Lupo's looking at this like it's a business. This is show business. Mm-hmm. Streaming is an armor show business. And you can be, you can be at the top of your game one day. And then years down the road, you're speaking at the RNC. Uh, you know, you've got to, you, you've right. got to be, you, you've got to understand that, that this, this uh, roller coaster of fan of, 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 of fame may not last. And, where where I'm going with this is that yeah I I I I keep that in perspective. So for streaming I, I I totally get that, but it's when you're but that that feeling of frustration that that feeling of depression starts to magnify when other aspects of your life, whether it's your writing, whether it's your um, whether it's your your day job, whether it's um I mean. And, and, you know, even from a, from a physical perspective, like, like I, I, I couldn't run. I, I, I used to, I used to run on a regular basis. I used to be, a, 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 I, I used to go on five K's and even uh, I even pushed myself and did, did a, did a half marathon. And I, I hadn't been able to do that. I have not been able to do that for years. Mm-hmm. And all that was really starting to pile on. And, uh, and with COVID uh, it, it just became even more. Right. And, um, and I've been, I've been seeing people on streams. I've been seeing people in my life just really struggle with this. And I'm sitting there going, look, you got to understand this is totally normal. Yes. It is not, it is not a sign of weakness that you feel like you're cracking under the pressure. We are all under the pressure. Um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the outbursts that you see people, people going into, it's got nothing to do with it's got nothing to do with feeling oppressed. It's got nothing to do with my rights are being violated. No, what it is, uh, with the exception of those times when, yes, your rights are being violated, hashtag Black Lives Matter, I do, I, I'm, I'm fully on board mm-hmm. with that. But I'm talking about when people won't wear masks. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, it's because they, they, they feel helpless. Yes. And, and I get it. You feel helpless, but you know what? Wear your freaking mask. I know you're you're be, you're not you're not being oppressed. You're being inconvenienced. There's a difference, but right. the feeling of helplessness that is that is normal, and managing that is so hard, and it is it is exhausting, and you it lose is. sleep over it. 
Um, I did not get the best night's sleep last night. So the fact that I'm on my fourth stream and I'm more, I'm running on fumes, but at, at the same time, how do you, how do you get up in the morning? And I tell people the same thing. I go, I, um, I get up in the morning and I'm able to get up in the morning every morning uh, because to me, every morning, every day is an opportunity. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity to write whatever is wrong in my life. And if I were to do something to hurt myself, if I were to do something to bring that to an end, I will never get that opportunity again, which is why, which is why if you ever feel that way, one, it's okay to get a therapist. It's okay to want to talk to somebody. And two, yes, the world is a better place with you in it because you will not get a second chance if you decide you're not, you're, you, you, can't, you can't or won't be able to fix something. Yeah. Sometimes people, I, I, the biggest thing I hear is that all I did was wake up today. That's great. I, mm-hmm. I've told people, that's great. I want to hear that. I want to hear at least the one good thing that you've done. And if, if, if really... If all that it is, and I'm and I'm sure because I've, I've said this once before, but being from New York, I, I, I fight clients tooth and nail that you can come up with one more. Come on, let's go. Come on, give me more. <laughs> but if really all you can tell me is that you woke up, absolutely. That's, that, that goes on the list of positive things that we yep. did today. Yep. Sometimes they don't view it as a positive, though. They'll say, you no. know, you'll ask them, like when you're, you're doing a, a session with somebody, you'll ask, you know, what, what's a positive thing you did today? I didn't do anything today. Well, you had to have done something today. You know, did, did you eat anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made a sandwich. How was that sandwich? It was, it was a sandwich. You fed yourself. That That's that's good. You know, you got up today. You got dressed. You made coffee. You know, just a basic action is a positive. Absolutely. You did something. I've seen friends, close friends, that have been, that battled depression so much that they lock up and it's the shutdown will yeah. spend 48 hours in a bed staring at a wall married family all mm-hmm. that and it takes a great motivation to get them going again and sometimes yeah. it's intervention with close friends me other friends or their professional Maybe their medicine's unbalanced, but I usually get a text from his spouse going, it, he's pretty bad in the last couple of days. You mind talking to him? Won't answer the phone, won't answer a text. But if I show up there and go into the bedroom, sit on the bed, no emotion, but put your feet on the floor. Get your feet on the floor. Yeah. What's that going to do? It's going to get your feet on the floor. That's the first step. Right. Yeah. That's one positive. You get one foot on the floor, then you got two. Then you can take care of that nasty ass bottle of something liquid right there and, you know, go clean yourself up. No. Sorry. No, yeah. <laughs> Tell, it's, say something about curling your toes into the carpet. You know what? That feeling, that like yeah. sensory, yep. getting that sensory, yep. feel the carpet in between your toes, yep. you know? A lot of people don't realize how powerful like sensory can be to like it's it's one of the reasons why I, I really believe I'm I'm more of a cat guy than a dog guy. Don't tell Matt because that. Where are my cats? <laughs> Where are my four cats? Where are my babies? Because my baby? oh look I mean, at my fat boy. Anyway. <laughs> no, my my cats, they know. They all know when uh, I'm not I'm not there. When I'm when I'm ha- when I'm really struggling. 
because um, my, 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 my cat will come up to me, give me those big eyes. He'll go, hey, fodder, we need some cuddle time. And he gets up and he, and he leans in. I mean, he, he just, he's 17 pounds of Siberian and he just, he, he will, he will, he will rock my body and he will get as close as he can. And I feel that like, I feel a haru, haru, haru. And I'm like, okay, buddy, you're, you're with me. And, and uh, you know, I would, I, I, even basic communication when you're at that point, if you're yeah. able to say somebody, I'm, I'm having a rough go. To me, that's that's an accomplishment. That is hundred percent. That 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 is that is that is the first step. It was it was something that um, it was something that destroyed my first marriage was lack of communication. Mm. And when 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 Pip and I got married, I told her I said if if I ask it one if anything from you, it's communication. If you're having a bad day, I need to know. I definitely need to know. Yeah. And. And there have been days where my wife will come down and she'll go, I'm having a, I'm having a rough one today. I said, I said, me too. So let's, let's, let's coast. Let's take it easy today. Let's, let's, let's do something else. Um, and I, and I, but I also found that, you know, you also, you also can find just some of the joys in some of the simplest little things. Um, you heard me talking about the, you heard me talking about the cookbooks. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, during, during COVID-19, being able to just try different food and just being able to just cook and, and just say, you know, this could suck. And you sit down and everybody's like, my God, this is, this is, this is great. The, you know, there, there, there's a joy in being able to create something that not only makes you feel good, but makes people around you feel good. And, and it's, and, it's that connection. It's yeah. that, you know, it, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Matt, with the social connection. Yeah, that's very hard to do, and it's 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 even it's even tougher to do. And but that's what I, I and that's something I tell people on my stream. I go, look, this is a place for you to connect. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, whether it's connecting with me, whether it's connecting with people in the stream, I want people here to connect. I remember it was something that that um, that that Kevin over at uh, K Magic One Hundred One uh, said. He said. So long as the ISPs keep it together, we will keep it together as a society. Yeah. And no, it's very true. And I mean, it's think, true. Think about it. Once COVID hit, the, the biggest things that happened, Discord became 2,000% more popular. Yep. Zoom yep. came out of the woodwork and became yep. the, greatest, the greatest thing known to men. And, and because... It's just that inherent need to keep in contact and right. to keep in communication. Right. To to switch this over just a little bit, you mentioned that it is okay to see a therapist. And absolutely. Um, I'll add, I said this um, on the GCX panel. I'll say it here. It is okay to be depressed. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be all that. It's not okay to not take care of it though. Right. Because that's when it gets worse. Right. If you were a little bit anxious before COVID hit, unfortunately, it's mm-hmm. it has the potential to be exacerbated. It's, yeah. Your symptoms are going to be a little bit more increased because, and I'm going to quote Dr. Goku again, we are going through a collective trauma. And he's 100% right. So all, any symptoms that you may have had before, you're going to feel them a lot more. You're going to feel them a lot more now. And so that's when... It is time to seek out 
some help, to seek out some support. If your symptoms are getting worse and worse, if you feel that isolation, if you can't get out of bed, you know, if, you know, one of the things I said too, if you kind of catch yourself, you know, drinking more than maybe you were before, things like that, especially during an isolation, you're, (laughs) unfortunately in New York, liquor stores were still open, almost like it was being advertised, but that's my substance abuse background coming in. So I apologize, but it's time to, yeah, it's time to, to start to look. And now, unfortunately, psychotherapy and therapy, it's all through this. It's all through zoom. What we're using now, is it ideal? No, but it's still needed. And it's still, it's still important to take care of yourself. You know, when you're, if you're searching for someone, you know, see if they're doing Zoom calls, see how long they're doing the phone calls for. Yes. Um, make sure they take your insurance and make sure your insurance allows for tele, telehealth or yes, telecommunications. You have to make sure that they allow for that. Um, don't be... It's already scary enough to sit in a room and talk to a stranger. It's, in my opinion, this is opinion, it's worse when you have to do it over a computer. Because once again, there's no communication. There's that lack of some social cues as well. Because you're going through a camera now. You're not going, you're not seeing somebody physically. My advice, it's going to help you in the long run. Yeah, and kind of to touch on something we talked about on our last episode with the, with the geek therapy, like you, mm. you, you can make a connection with, with someone in person, but when you're distanced by, you know, the internet and you're not in the same room with someone, like you said something on, on, on our last show that, you know, at the end of every session you have <clears throat> any intake you have, it's like, you know, if I'm not the guy for you, mm-hmm. you know, that that's fine. We'll find you someone else. Right. It's a little bit harder in in yeah, but I, I I will say, kind of give your therapist a break because they're navigating this as well. I actually have the, had this discussion with my therapist on a regular uh, on a regular um, basis, mm. where she just wants to reach out and you know I would love to be able to come over and just tap you on the shoulder, or pat you on the shoulder, and and comfort you or hand you a tissue when you're when you're crying your eyes out. And she goes, I can't. And that hurts us as much as it hurts you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole new dynamic that, that even the professionals are going, we don't know really how to handle this. So that would be something I would ask all of you guys. Um, What do you look for in a therapist? Do you look for someone that is going to basically give you the answer that you're looking for? Or are you, you know, or do you, or do you try to find a therapist that <clears throat> may tell you something you find is no one else will tell you, or do you try to find a happy medium? What what do you look for in a, in a therapist? I'm going to answer that as somebody who searches for a therapist, but also as someone who is a therapist, um, searching, it really does go by what do you, and this is where you kind of have to look inside of you and see what's going to help you. So I say that that's weird. I'll explain that. Um, me personally, I need someone to, um, I need someone to yell at me 
and tell me like, you need to stop. Like you need your brain. You got to give you, you got to give yourself a, some, a, some slack. Realistically. I don't, I, me personally, I can't have the therapist who will, you know, sit there and kind of let's go through your feelings. And not that there's anything wrong with that. Cause I do that as a therapist. I, I need the one who's going to verbally slap me and be like, hold on, take a breath and really just take a look at the facts here before you start spiraling. Um, that's what I need. But every person, similar to how we said depression is snowflakes, every, everyone is different. Everybody needs a different therapist. And as a therapist answering this question, there's twofold. One, I don't give, I'm not going to give you any answers. That's not, as a therapist, that's not really what I do. It's sort of, we're going to work together to discuss what's going on. I will give you tools. I will give you resources. I will give you everything I have in my toolbox. It's kind of up to you to use that. You know, I tell everybody, I see you for 45 minutes or an hour once a week. You've got the rest of the week. You got the rest of that time. What you do is kind of on your own. You know, we're going to work on these things. I'm going to give you the tools to help you achieve the goal that you came in here for. Right. So I have a client that's coming in for significant anxiety, significant, um, you know, panic attacks, things like that. So we're going to go over, we're going to go over reality testing. We're going to go over, um, self-talk and self-affirmations. We're going to go over deep breathing and meditations to help in the moment. We're going to go over, and I'm, I'm making this up, but this is what I tell clients. We're going to go over acute um, meditation, how to do 10-second meditation to kind of bring yourself back before the panic attack kicks in. You know, I'm going to give you all those tools. It's up to you to use them. You know, I, 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 I tell clients, I'm, I'm, I'm what we call a realist, even in a therapy sense. I can't follow you home. And I've said to client, as much as I would love to, because I do think you need it, I can't follow you home. So you got to take what I'm giving you and use it. And that's where that therapeutic relationship comes in. Right. right? Th- that's where, you know, you don't... The things that I'm saying, you don't say that in the first session. <laughs> I'd right. have no clients. Well, yeah. I'd have no. Yeah. I'd have no clients. I would be. I wouldn't be doing well. You say this as you kind of continue and build up that connection. I if if I got a if I got a twelve or thirteen year old in front of me, and <clears throat> no teenager wants to come to therapy. Let's just face facts here. Um, they're either mom dated, as I like to call it. Or, um, you know, I shouldn't say that. I've had some teenagers that come in because they need to. But all we're going to talk about that first session, what happened? What brought you here? What do you like? (laughs) What can we talk about? How do I get you to, like, trust me? You know, and I've had conversations about Fortnite. I've had conversations about TikTok. I've had conversations about all the things that I shouldn't know at my age, but I do. So, I missed that, Nate. I said, at your age, really? All right, I'm 29, but cut me some slack. I still shouldn't be oh, watching for TikTok. Oh, frig's sake. <laughs> really? 
A young whippersnapper over there. I'll be she, thirty. I'll be thirty in September. Does that help? Oh, cry me an effing <laughs> river. Cry me an effing river. All right, I just lost. I just lost everybody. That was it. <laughs> Nobody believes a word I'm saying right now. I gotta tell. You, I got no, no. See, now you've opened up a different can of worms, there, Matt. I I totally giggle when I listen to some of the folks on 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 Twitch go oh my god i'm so old i'm gonna be 29 next year and i'm just like really really (laughs) when i wrote the first edition of podcasting for dummies you were still sniffing glue in elementary school you need to be quiet and you just need to just enjoy the freaking ride there elmer school glue was something else i was just gonna say was i the only one that i was a rubber i was a rubber cement kid let me tell you something let's go Let's go! Oh, Nate Uh-oh, relates to boy. that one. <laughs> oh, he's dying. <laughs> oh boy! But to that was a very long-winded statement. No, no, to... no, no. That's no. That's a legit statement because yeah. I, I I love Matt touched on too. Uh, I like to look at the different like forms of therapy that each mm. professional does too, because if somebody is suffering from something specific not every professional is equipped to give the best support Mm -hmm. to that person right for what they're dealing with and then you get into the i'm going to use the roller coaster of referrals you're going to go from this one to that one to that one but the first professional you see whether it be a uh uh, a licensed uh, social worker a counselor a uh, psychologist, therapist, whatever. The first one doesn't have to be the only one. Right. Yep. Treat it like you're getting the best price to having uh, a contractor do some work at your house. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get an est- you know, you're not going to get one and done. You're going to get an estimate by two or three different ones. You're going to have them come in and you're going to see who does the best work, you know, who has the best quality best times mm-hmm. and how they interact with you the best. Right. Is there a connection? Is there that rapport right at the beginning? You know, like Matt said, he tries to relate with somebody. He tries to build that rapport right at the beginning. If I see, if I go to see a therapist, the first one, and he barely looks at me and just is like talking to me, you know, or at me mm-hmm. and I don't feel a connection. I'm not going to open up to this person and they're already planning for me to come in again to continue a session. And it's like, well, we, we barely talked about anything, but if I go and see a, the next professional have a first meeting, which they're usually, you know, uh, they're not always free, but they're usually kind of discounted down just Mm -hmm. because it's a first meeting. If I go to the next one, and I walk in and I see anything game related. So, uh, is that Final Fantasy? Oh yeah. Oh, I I I remember the old. I had the black cartridge back at the PlayStation. You know, I used to. Oh, did you? Oh, I had that too. Right there, we have a win. Yeah, right off yeah. the bat, because yeah. it bridged that connection between us. And you, that's one thing that. I really encourage people to look for is that, that connection between, between you and hundred percent. It's not a one and done. Yeah. No. Like an estimate. They go, go with, 
right? You walk in, you, you do your intake, you, you sit down, you have probably about 30 minutes after your intake and everything to kind of feel it out. And that's what they're doing as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good, a good therapist will say, you know, I respect you coming in. You know, there is definitely something here that needs to be worked on, but maybe I'm not the right one. Let's find you someone. I can safely say there are populations in this world that I cannot work with. One, because I maybe have difficulty with that population. Um, I'm not trained in a specific therapy that I know works with that population. But it is my responsibility as a therapist, as a social worker, to find that person for you. I, I will never be like, hey, can't help you. Have a good day. Yeah. It's, I can't help you, but let me look through my Rolodex. <laughs> let me look through, exactly. let me look through my phone and let me see who of my colleagues, who I've worked with that can help you. And you know what? Jessica down the block runs a great DBT group. I think you'd work well with her. Let's set that up. You know, cause it's not, cause I might be the first mental health professional that somebody has seen. Mm. I do not want to be the reason that they don't come back to therapy. Because at the end of the day, I don't, if I'm not for you, I, trust me, I, my feelings are not going to get hurt. I've heard worse things said about me in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we even have it in the server. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the 45-year-old old, old man in the group. And <laughs> we've got a bunch of, you know, 18 and under I don't relate to them the same way that someone that's, you know, in their right. 20s. So I, I'm not offended by it. it. It just, it is what it is. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. So the bottom line is a couple of things. If you need it and if the things that are going on that are, get, are getting worse, if your symptoms are getting worse, please seek out some type of support. Find a therapist that works with you, not against you not you know find somebody who will work with you to get you to the goals that you want Mm -hmm. and above all else find somebody that fits and this is the one time where i'll say you know therapist shopping could be okay because you need to find the right one that works for you um telehealth maybe kind of stinks but in the long run the investment that you make into your own mental health is worth every penny that's coming from a therapist, but also somebody that is in therapy frequently. (laughs) And I mean that in the greatest way possible. Yeah. It's an investment. It takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither are you. Boom. I love it. And you know what we're going to do now? We're going to talk about some gaming. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So we have some gaming news and the first one on the list, I actually have no idea what you were talking about because you put it in, in okay the- just just Is that so me we're just so we're clear uh nate was getting ready to populate our show notes oh, with crap. with gaming news and we we're chatting a little bit early before we started uh everybody started uh getting into the call and he goes oh i'm gonna put it and he goes and matt's already adding stuff to it and i'm it sorry like, oh, let's see what's going on let's you know what it's a group effort yeah um, so no, the, 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 I'm sorry. 
it's I don't know. I I just thought it was cool. Fortnite and Marvel kind of teamed up again. We got some Marvel characters again in the Fortnite universe. Uh, they're doing the Nexus Wars, I believe it's called. Yep. Um, Galactus. Yeah, I, I know it, uh, Fortnite was never my game, but to kind of see Wolverine in Fortnite, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll jump back in a little bit. I don't know. I just thought it was cool, and I noticed a lot of people now are getting like people that stopped playing Fortnite were getting back into it. They sort of were saying that the game feels like it did when it first came out, like season two, season three. So I don't know, just I, Fortnite's massive to begin with, but even some older players are coming back in. All right. And, and it's interesting that they would drop this right after they had this, you know, the big to do with um, Apple and mm-hmm. that whole nonsense. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, just just something cool for, in regards to like the Fortnite universe. I ex- Fall Guys, that, that I, I actually see that happening in Fall Guys. Have you seen the uh, the crossover, the Destiny Fall Guys crossovers? I've seen yes. Young Khan doing them. They're they're freaking awesome, actually. Not Vala, Valis, uh, right. whatever. Doesn't like people under the stairs. He yeah. doesn't like people under the stairs. <laughs> I read that and I almost messaged him like, that was gold right there. And uh, you know what? He made it so relatable. I absolutely adored that one at that point, just for that comment alone. <laughs> that was the go-to hangout on that strike, especially for Nightfall. You get yeah. into the boss room, you go under the stairs. Or if you were really good at platforming, you went on top of like the chandelier thing, way up on the top. Total derail. Apologies. <laughs> All good. <clears throat> You know what? I think that's that's it for tonight. Uh, but we do have some some great things that we do want to talk about before we let everybody go. Matt, you want to take it from here? Absolutely. So, um, as everybody uh, hopefully knows by now, we are creating uh, fantastic uh, mental health kits that we want to give yes. out to those who request for free. Um, and in order to keep that venture going... Um, we are asking for donations of any size or stature to help keep these kits not only free, but allow us the ability to continue making them and to ship them for to everyone at no cost to those who request. Um, we have had several donations these past uh, these past few days, and there's a few that I want to shout out. Uh, so uh, I think in the chat we're gonna link um the link tree which has the various ways that you can donate including ko-fi patreon um tiltify i believe we're also Mm -hmm. working with um so we have many different ways that you can donate so i want to shout out four people from who supported us from ko-fi uh the focus fire chat team uh justin can we say last names no okay justin thank you (laughs) um Nerd, nerd girl, and yeah. Twinkie Punk, and Fantastic. also blue, and also blue. Thank you. Yep. Um, love you guys for donating through Ko-Fi. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We also have two who um, are now on our Patreon. One by the name of EXO, subscribing to our All Access, as well as Nate S. <laughs> subscribing to our guardian advocate 
uh, subscription tier. So thank you all. Yes. Thank you. Anyone who has donated, we want to say a, a sincere thank you. Um, I also want to shout out the esports community uh, group known as Harsh Reality. They made a donation to our cause as well, and we appreciate that greatly. We got a chance to uh, speak with them. Um, they're a great group, and they support us immensely. So thank you to everybody. Uh, those who are subscribed to our Patreon, we will be in touch with you soon to kind of talk about some of the rewards. Um, did I miss anything? I think... No, you nailed it, but it's... Kits, <clears throat> kits are coming out. Um, the second wave will be made by yours truly and my lovely yeah. wife, Amanda. So get ready for the second wave to be built soon. I'll yeah. probably take some pictures. We'll throw it up on Twitter. It'll be a good time. Yeah. If you want to look more into them, go to our website, use that link tree, go to our website, and you'll see a dedicated page just for mental health kits. And these kits, we saw a need for them a while back. And especially with COVID and things mm -hmm. going on right now, uh, we felt that uh, this was very much needed. And looking at subscription boxes, they cost a lot of money. And one thing we always kept at heart is when we got our 501c3 nonprofit status and have been growing as a nonprofit and a mental health uh, organization. It's always been about other people, helping people, not making money. So everything that comes in goes out to creating programs. And one of those programs is mental health kits. And these mental health kits, people are getting them now. You'll see them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. They're no cost. They're free. If you want to request one, go right to the website request one. They will come to you within a week or two, depending on how fast we can get them out. We are making these by hand there. We do not have a fulfillment center. So one of our team members is going to put this together themselves and it's going to show that much more care and love goes into this. And it, it, there's a lot of meaning behind it, but there's a lot of meaningful resources that are curated by our clinical director, our mental health professional team, our staff members, and other people that are working with us to curate new items and resources to go into these. Every wave, we will cycle new resources into the boxes, new items, sensory items into the boxes, and they're just fantastic, fantastic to have. So when we're at conventions too, when we start seeing live events, uh, we're going to be handing these out on our booths as well. But until then, our way to pay it forward with COVID and everything going on and the lack of live events, we're going above and beyond, and we will ship this to you. If you if you are within the continental United States, uh, it's a little bit difficult right now. We're looking for ways to make it more efficient and affordable to ship internationally. Yeah. but. Uh, as we look into that, uh, still, please put a request in. We'll do everything in our power to get you one internationally. And uh, one of the great things is a lot of the artists from the gaming community, uh, a lot of the Destiny artists and everything have been working with us to help create. And this is in every single box. And it's a custom mindfulness coloring book. And they are absolutely fantastic. Oh, wow. And they... We have a nice shout out to all the artists That's and great. everybody on the back. 
They are fantastic. They are free. If you would like a coloring book, order a kit. Get request one. They're in every single one. And that is just showing how much community and just togetherness that people have come together to help create these and put these together. This and has been a passion project of ours, our, our group for what the past three months trying to organize and get this all together. And it takes a lot of work. Yeah. To see it go out and to the, the responses we've gotten uh, through social media and direct message has just like, it's, it's made it all worth it. Mm. Like, it's it, you. You have an idea, and you 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 think you're doing it right, and then suddenly you get the you get the response back, and you go, "We did good." Like I'm I'm so proud of I'm so proud of everyone on our team. I'm so proud of everyone that's contributed to this. Like this has been amazing. Yep, and that's that's all we can hope for. So uh, definitely, thank you everybody that has helped us. Uh, I see somebody is having a. Uh, problem with the tiltify uh yeah mrs dr lupo just tried to yeah. try to help us out there we will uh, look into it thank you for I, i'm glad we got this out of the way now right <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking into it right this second now but uh transaction is invalid interesting return to the recipient's website and try again this looks like a paypal issue for some reason Interesting. No, thank you for bringing that to my to our attention. I will definitely yeah. look into this. Thank you. But that's just, that's that's us for the night. Uh, T, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know where they can find your books, find your streams, your content, your awesome Twitter and socials. Glad you Every- mentioned that. Glad you mentioned that because I uh, just got on Linktree myself. So if you go to, um, if you either go to tmorris.com, that's T-E-E-M-O-R-R-I-S.com. Or if you go to my Instagram, which you can reach through tmorris.com and you go to Linktree there, you will find every freaking place. I, I, I'm a latecomer to Linktree. It's, it's my, it's my new favorite thing. And, uh, and you can find everything there. Uh, you can also find Twitch for Dummies, Discord for Dummies, and Podcasting for Dummies at any bookstore. But um, <clears throat> if you order, uh, if, you, if you go to teamwars.com and you go to the shop and you order the, uh, currently it is sold out. But once I, once I restock it, I've, I'm selling something called the Content Creators Bundle. Uh, if you buy all three, if you buy podcasting for dummies, Twitch for dummies, and Discord for dummies, not only through my website do you get a twenty percent discount, but you will also get all three autographed. So that's just that's just a little something there. That's called the content creators bundle. Like I said, currently it's sold out, but if you keep an eye on it, the minute it, it restocks, uh, you know, twenty percent off discount. Otherwise, you can get my books just about anywhere. And uh, if you're a writer. And you, uh, it doesn't matter what you're writing. If you're, if you're in need of a social media strategy, the book is social media for writers, second edition written by myself, and my wife, Pip Ballantyne. And that is also available on Amazon. The print edition should be coming in about two weeks. And thank you very much, guys. This is, this has been a, a great experience. Uh, anytime you guys want me to come back, just let me know. 
And Matt, don't look now, but there's somebody behind you. In fact, there are several people behind you. (laughs) (laughs) That is my group of friends trying to stealthily sneak out. The calls. (laughs) Matt, we've traced the calls. The calls have come from inside the house. I'm not your friend. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in with us. I think that's our cue right there to uh, wrap things up. T, thank you so much for coming. This has been a pleasure. Been a Thank pleasure. You. And we will catch you all next time. Uh, that's it. We'll catch you next time. We're going. We're out. Done. We're finished. <laughs> uh, all. You have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs>